You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello there, AP. How's it going? Hi, Merv. It's fantastic. How are you? Good. So at the time of this recording, it is, what, we're at the end of August 2023. And here in Iowa, it is crazy hot. Yeah, I said fantastic, but I'm actually melting. So (laughs) I can still talk, so that's all good. Well, and and I'm sure people that like live in Arizona or, you know, the the heart of Texas are like, come on, Iowans, it's fine. But it's actually even warmer than it was during Ragbri. Yeah, it's hotter than L out here. And (laughs) when I woke up this, I woke up early this morning to walk my dogs before sunrise and because it's that hot and all the windows in my house had precipitation on them like it looked like frost but it was actually just condensation because of how freaking humid it is here wow yeah I do have you know I have a a bicycle club here in my community that I run and we're actually scheduled to ride tonight so I know I've already cut the route um, really short so that you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to do anything cr- too crazy. But yeah, I guess you know there was a time in this world where we all lived without air conditioning. So I think Ugh. if we drink a lot of water, we should be fine. Yeah, just be careful out there. And if you start feeling weird, go inside or call for a ride. Don't be too proud. You know what it, I mean? Because exactly. Yeah. Oof. So this past weekend, um, it was also really, really warm, like in the high 80s, low 90s. And I think we talked about it in the last podcast, but I did a bikepacking adventure. Yeah. Yeah. How'd it go? It actually went really good as the day went on. It was funny because um, we camped in a place... Um, well, let me back up. We were on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail, which is Ooh. an amazing rail trail that goes, gosh, I think it now spans close to 70 miles if you go beyond Waterloo to the north and go all the way to Solon in the south. Mm, yeah. So beautiful, beautiful trail. Um, but we ended up going to a campground near Laporte City called McFarland oh. Park. We had a blast, but our plan was, all right, Let's, you know, get up early. We need to get our biking miles in before it gets too hot. But Andrea, you know how my group (laughs) operates. Yeah. So, of course, as the day went on, we would make stops along the way if there was a bar or a place to eat. And so, of course, we ended up biking in the heat of the day. But Mm. we made it. You did it. Uh, It's just such a cool trail. And that is one of the appeals of the trail is that it has the regular stops along the way that you can take advantage of. Yeah, and it was interesting. We left from Cedar Rapids, because that's where I'm from, and went all the way north to, as I mentioned, LaPorte City. Mm. And um, there's a great portion of the trail that's now paved, which I'm sure some diehards of the Cedar Valley Nature Trail will say it's better off as limestone. Mm. I'm going to firmly disagree. I love it, (laughs) the paved portion. But after you get... Uh, farther north, it goes from kind of a limestone, still very nice. You know, they maintain it really well. But then as you keep going, there's a bridge that's currently out. So it's not as well traveled. And it went all the way down to like two 
single track lanes with grass growing up around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have some great photos on my Instagram page, the Morphology Podcast Instagram page. Mm. So check that out. But it just made for like, it was still really easy pedaling, but it just made it like, I don't know, just a really fun experience. Yeah, I. that's kind of what I, let me backtrack. When I rode the Cedar Valley Nature Trail, it was mostly when I was a little kid because I haven't lived in the Iowa City area for a while. Anyway, it was one of the main rail trails that existed at that time. Mm-hmm. There were still sort of coming into existence, coming into popularity. So what I remember of the Cedar Valley Nature Trail is mostly that sort of single track, little grassy lane um, in the limestone, but it just made it feel like an adventure. When you're not, you get past the pavement, there's way fewer people out there and you just sort of, you're not, you know, alone, you're not outside of society because you still have the trail, but you just, you can bike for hours and not see anyone else. And it just, especially as a little kid, it was so cool. It felt so independent. And like, I was just like a little free bird. So (laughs) anyway, that brought back some good memories. Yeah, yeah. And the nice thing, even though we had that awful derecho come through Iowa in 2020, Um, there's still a lot of growth as far as trees and just like, you know, bushes that have kind of gotten out of control. So a good portion of it, we still had some nice shade. So that was nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, glad to hear that was a good trip because I was wondering about you out there in the heat. So, yep, we made it and it was a blast. And uh, how about your weekend? Uh, I stayed inside. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like, I don't like to ride in the heat unless I need to. Uh, So I made, I have you know, it's hard to believe probably that I have different hobbies than cycling, but wait, whoa, what? I know, I know, I know. So I uh, made a bunch of salsa. Over oh the yes, that's right. Cause yep. you are, uh, like huge into gardening. I don't that's know right. if, yep. uh, we're not going to invite listeners to your home, but like <laughs> one whole, one whole chunk of your yard is devoted to a garden a and, garden. uh, I've seen it. You've got yeah. a lot of good stuff in there. I got a lot going on right now. So Right now we're getting since because of the heat. Thanks to the heat, we have a lot of peppers and tomatoes coming to fruition. So I'll be doing it again this weekend, making salsa and hot sauce. But then we also have a crop of raspberries going on. We have some cucumbers going on. I mean, you name it, we got it. I like to keep it pretty basic. It's, if it's something that will produce a lot in Iowa, that's what I'm growing. So, that's and where we're I going have. That. I have been the recipient of some of your salsa in the past. So, you you know, just a a little hint here, Andrea. I am looking forward to (laughs) possibly maybe trying it again this year. The only danger is that I will make all this salsa and I will jar it. But then I'll think, oh, I'll definitely remember which one this is. So, but I never do. And so it's always kind of a crapshoot. I just gave Anne a jar of what I thought was salsa and it turned out to be chili starter. So (laughs) uh, eater beware. (laughs) Well, there is a, an invention called the Sharpie that you could actually I write it I know. on the and container. I, I, got, I got some fancy labels this year, so I'm hoping we'll be do, do better this year. So Okay, okay. Yep. And that reminds me of this adventure I was on. I don't even know if I said that. I was with a big group. There were like yeah. 20 of us. And two of them, I will just give a quick shout out to Dana and Steve. They A couple years ago, they found a plum tree on the Grantwood Trail, and they went plum crazy picking picking these wild plums, or I don't know if they're wild, but these plums, and making what they called plum crazy, like a jam. And so fast forward to this past weekend, we're we're pedaling um, on the nature trail. I won't say where because they, you know, it's top secret. Yeah, top secret. 
but we found like 30 plum trees. So, oh, how cool. Steve and Dana are crazy with excitement that they are going <laughs> to maybe reproduce their plum crazy uh, jam. That's awesome. I love Dana and Steve. Shout out Dana and Steve. Uh, I would love to find out what plum crazy tastes like. So oh my gosh. That's it is my hint to them. <laughs> crazy, crazy delicious. So yeah. anyway, okay. Should we get to today's episode? Yeah. Let's talk about the episode because it's a fantastic episode and we really should have talked about it for the bulk of our intro because <laughs> it's such a cool topic today. And the topic is, well, I was going to say we've been doing that series on writer recaps and yeah. we have more of those in the pipeline. So don't worry if you have not gotten your fill of that, but we wanted to take a break from that and get Bob Libby on the podcast. Yay. We love Bob Libby. We're probably Bob Libby's biggest fans. I oh, say yeah. that without knowledge of any of his other fans, but <laughs> you know what? Hard to be more of a fan than we are. So he, Bob Libby is the owner of care ambulance. Yes. And so Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Care Ambulance is the ambulance service that uh, pr is provided on RAGBRAI. So if you've ever had the misfortune of being injured on RAGBRAI, then you've had the fortune of them taking care of you. So you don't want to like overwhelm the local ambulance service, you know, that might be in Des Moines or whatever community that we're pedaling through. So to be able to have this private ambulance service available that follows RAGBRAI yeah. all week long. I mean, yeah. that is... It's, it's like, I don't know, it's genius. Yes, the dedicated ambulance service is just such a huge, uh, it lightens the load on the local services so much because, you know, unfortunately, the towns that we bike through, they don't stop having the issues that they have on a day-to-day -day basis. So mm -hmm. we don't want to put too much more on them. Of course, they're happy to help and they're an important part of the mix of ambulance services, but... Um, it's just so nice to be able to say, hey, we're bringing a ton of people to your town, but we have help. And yeah. it's just sort of, it's a finely coordinated uh, whole program of ambulances working with not only the local ambulances services, but also the troopers and the police departments and the, honestly, the local cities of like, how do we get in and out of your community without affecting the riders and how do mm -hmm. we have our first aid set up in a strategic way and they work with the RAGBRAI SAG team so that if there's someone who's urgently in need of care then we make sure that they get helped by an appropriate service so they're not just somebody with like a broken arm sitting on our SAG wagon mm -hmm. they get on the ambulance and get that arm taken care of so they really they touch a lot of different areas of the RAGBRAI crew and the larger community in ways that you might not even think of right away. Yeah, and this interview is great. Bob was awesome. He shares with all of us, you know, how they cover the route each day, which again, it's just something I didn't think about. You know, as I'm mm -hmm. pedaling 80 some miles, I see ambulances and the motorcycles all day long, but I'm like, oh, you know, there, there's not 50 of them out there. It's the same yeah. ones throughout the yeah. day. So it's interesting how they decide to cover the route. And also Bob has some amazing stats like, I, you don't even have to answer this, Andrea, but don't you wonder like how many band-aids they went through or how yeah. many um, people they had to treat with, uh, you know, dehydration? Yeah. Don't answer it. Bob's yeah, going to no, answer it. I don't, I don't know because yeah. part of being, working with them is that they don't reveal things to us during the ride because of HIPAA violations. And I'm not saying that saying the stats would be a HIPAA violation, but I don't, right. they don't tell us anecdotes during the ride. So yeah. um, I and, can't wait to find out. 
Yeah. So he tells us that the stuff that he legally can tell us, of course. Well, sure. Of course. And then um, towards the end of the interview, um, he also just kind of gives some pointers because Mm. if you think about it, He's in a ambulance, right? So he's usually going against traffic. A lot of times he's in an emergency situation where he's ah. trying to get to someone that's injured. And there's always that one rider who maybe has their headphones on, oh, doesn't yeah. hear or see. He's He or she is maybe on the wrong side of the road. So like, he provides some really good tips on what he sees that us riders can do a little bit better so that, yeah, you know, the bikes and the vehicles can get along together. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I just know in a year like this where it was so hot and there must have been a ton of dehydration and a bunch of just heat exhaustion, the care ambulance team worked their buns off every single day. And I just want to give them a huge shout out and thank you for doing that because I saw them at the end of the day at a couple hotels along the way. And they looked just whipped at the end of each day. So they really gave their all to the writers. And I just want to say thank you for that. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's get to our interview with Bob Libby. All right. I would like to welcome Bob Libby to the podcast. Hey there, Bob. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So listeners uh, maybe don't know who you are, but some people maybe met you in a not-so-fun way on RAGBRAI, but many people probably saw you on RAGBRAI. So you are on to tell us about your RAGBRAI experience. Well, good morning. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I've been uh, I've been uh, on Ragbri for I believe over twenty five years. Really, I think this is may- maybe my twenty fifth year. It-, it feels like it went by so fast. Yeah, uh, it wasn't intended to be. Isn't that funny? How uh, you know God's plan just kind of puts you in a place that uh, you didn't think you would ever be, but that's what you do. Right, and and Ragbri in general, just like. I mean, I would never have met you if it wasn't for Ragbri, and it's a treat to have you in in my life to uh, make me laugh and also make sure I stay healthy and safe. Yeah. Uh, AP and I talked about it in the intro, so everyone already knows what you do for a living, but let's talk about Care Ambulance. All right. I love, I love talking about Care Ambulance. Since it is a, a big part of my life, actually, I live it. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I tell you a little bit about how it got started? It's really weird. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, Care Ambulance uh, is the only ambulance that Ragbri has ever had. And it got started by being a Ragbri ambulance. And that's all they did. Uh-oh. And so they had an ambulance for Ragbri. And then the people that owned it would put it away uh, after Ragbri was over with, and then a month before, they would pull them all back out, wash them, dust the seats off, and then we would go ride uh, Ragbri. And so, uh, for uh, probably the first uh, 25 years, uh, there was two owners that did that. They would just pull them out, they would ride Ragbri, and then they'd put them away. Wow. And then. Uh, uh, two years before I bought it, I got asked if I would come work Ragbri, and it was it's pretty neat because 
if you get asked to work ragbri, it's like being uh, the president's uh, special paramedic mm. because you, you, it, they're really handpicked. And so we were like, I was like, well, okay, sure, I'll do it. So I worked one year and I was like, well, this is kind of fun, kind of interesting. And then the second year they said, hey, you want to buy this ambulance? And oh. I was like, <laughs> who, who wants, whoever wants to buy an ambulance? I mean, that sounds silly. So I, I said, uh, yeah, thanks for the offer. And I hung up the phone. And then about 10 minutes later, I called him back. I said, you know, I thought about it for a couple of minutes. And yeah, I'd be willing to. So I, uh, I bought the ambulance and they kind of showed me how they ran it. The, the previous owner is a uh, he was a sheriff deputy out in Nebraska, and he became a state trooper. And they, he got told that he could no longer have two jobs. Oh. He needed to have one job, and so that's how I purchased it. So, so same thing was going. You know, I'm planning for first uh, of July, pulling trucks out, washing them. Well, I'm very I'm very uh, uh, type A. I like clean trucks. I like everything in its place where it needs to be. And so we uh, started doing rag right one year. And then I realized the second year that I actually pay insurance for a full year, not just for the one week of rag right. And I thought, well, that's silly. So I had this great building that I had the ambulances in. And uh, we started doing kind of a boys club. We do started working out, uh, doing P90X. And then we had motorcycles and bicycles and we would, go for bike rides and then we go for motorcycle rides and we'd work out and this big health kick which is if you know my physique I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a poster child for P90X <laughs> <laughs> not true uh but um uh we started doing uh transfers out of uh hospitals here in the area when when we had staff available and it was kind of a fun thing like hey sure you want to do this yeah why not and so I'd bring in some extra money. And before long, this little hobby and, and boys club and girls club became a job. Mm. And then over the years, we have expanded uh, quite quite a few different areas uh, covering things such as the Iowa Speedway uh, for all the races, the Indy and NASCAR races. Uh, we also do uh, motocross events uh, and uh, rag bright including football standbys for football games and that kind of stuff. But we, we've had different bases, uh, ambulance bases in uh, Waterloo, Blackhawk County. Mm. We've had them in uh, Grinnell. Uh, we covered their, their area for a number of years and in Jefferson County. And so we, we we're out there. We do 911 as well as uh, transfers. Transfers meaning taking people from, uh, the hospital after a 911 truck picked them up, took them to the hospital. Now they need to get back home, but they can't get home. Oh. And, and so we transfer people back and forth back to their either rehab or we have uh, secure cars, which are uh, vehicles that uh, transport psychiatric patients. They're like a, a police car that has a cage in it. Mm. And we're able to take uh, people who want to go uh, and have some mental health care done for mm -hmm. we also do wheelchair wheelchair vans which taking a lot of uh veterans mainly uh to dialysis appointments and back and forth and then lastly but not least we do air medical transport mm. which 
we uh, use jets and we fly all across the nation and pick people up who are unable to uh, either they need to go to a specialty place. We do a lot of VA contracts or they need to do like they're unable to fly like winter birds that go down to like Arizona or Florida. Now they need to come back mm -hmm. and they're unable to, to do the 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 big airlines so we'll we'll do that so just a small little summary a, a little bit about what we do um we, we hire all sorts of people uh i think currently we're up to about uh, 80 or 90 employees wow. so uh if uh if you don't know what i look like i'm the guy who doesn't have any hair because i pulled it out <laughs> Between between kids and work, it gets pulled out. But we, we, we hire drivers, uh, we hire EMTs, we hire paramedics, critical care paramedics, and our RNs. So, so we, we hire a, a lot of different people. And so I, um, this may come as a shock to you, Bob, but I've never um, had to take an ambulance ride. Uh, for, you know, any sort of medical reason. And I never thought it through if they're all privately owned or if they're owned by a hospital. But I guess if I call 911, need an ambulance ride, it the ambulance isn't owned by the hospital, correct? It's like a, a separate entity. Yeah, so here in Iowa, it's kind of unique. Uh, there's some private, uh, actually probably a, a good majority of them are privately owned, but contracted by a county. Oh. So in some, so some places like uh, Henry County down by Mount Pleasant area, it's run out of a hospital, but it's a county owned service. Washington County would be some similar to that as well. And, uh, but Places like Jefferson County is uh, contracted. Johnson County is owned by the county, but it's its own private entity mm -hmm. as well. Interesting. Okay, so that means, you know, you just kind of gave us a little bit of a timeline, but RAGBRAI as an organization is like, you know, wait a minute, we have all these riders on the roads. We can't rely on, you know, small towns and the local ambulance service because then they're taking away from um, whatever community they're in, responsible for. So they hired an ambulance service, Care Ambulance, and you said you've been doing this for 25 or so years. Was it on RAGBRAI, like, from the start? Yeah, since RAGBRAI started, when once the crowds started getting bigger and bigger, yeah, they felt like, you know what, we're, we're really inundating the, the system that's here. You know, too many, too many people out here for ambulances to take care of them, and so they, they contracted us to do that. Okay. And it, it's it's been really fun doing that. Yeah, and um, this is very the logistics are very interesting to me, and I, I've spent some quality time with you guys over the years, so I already know this, but it's really interesting to me how you and your team decide to and I'm putting it in quote work the route because I'm telling you like especially this year I literally saw two people crash and I got to the next stop which I think was the pork chop stop and the ambulance was already coming and on its way I mean they it had to have happened maybe five minutes before so you're somehow you guys are always in 
in close proximity to where all the action is. So tell us how that works. Well, so each day on RAGBRAI, what we do is, um, if you've done RAGBRAI before, you get a map of the daily route. And that daily route will show you some elevations of, of where the hills are, where you're going to need to walk, or maybe uh, coast downhill. Mm -hmm. But we get that same map in, in each one of the trucks. And our maps are exactly the same, but they're larger. We have uh, on that map, we also do... Uh, we have uh, phone numbers for hospitals mm -hmm. and then any sort of pertinent information that we can obtain prior to RAGBRAI. So uh, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to ride the pre-ride. And so we take notes during pre-ride as far as these are big hills. These tracks are really treacherous. Be careful on those. Th these are going to be some hot spots for us. And so we have all that stuff marked down in each ambulance. So each ambulance knows where that's at. Mm -hmm. We have we have four ambulances that are out there. This year we actually had five due to the amount of people. Mm -hmm. But we had we have uh, basically we divide it into three sections for the day. Each ambulance covers a third of it. And then the fourth ambulance is a roamer. And that roamer just goes back and forth and covers any section that is un uncovered. Mm -hmm. So if one truck goes out, then that truck goes over. Now, the people, I'll, I'll reiterate that the people that are chosen to work RAGBRAI have a lot of experience, first of all, in emergency medicine, but they have a lot of experience of making decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. And so they understand what needs to go, what can be let go. So it's, it's super important for these people to understand how that works. Mm -hmm. So... Um, uh, if somebody transports, then that roamer will fall into place uh, and cover that area. And like I said, all most of our, our staff has worked this for many years. So we kind of get that sense of where that bubble is, mm -hmm. where where that big crowd is. And we tend to, tend to follow that bubble as the day progresses so that we can kind of be in where the action area is. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to mention the two Bens on their motorcycles um, and they are full, they have all their equipment too, to do paramedic stuff, correct? That is correct. We, we have two of the best guys. Yeah. So first of all, first of all, you, you, you gotta be a good motorcycle rider. Second of all, you have to be good with people. And third of all, you gotta be good in medicine mm -hmm. and know when to make decisions and when not to make decisions. And that is the best thing that we ever added to the RAGBRAI mm -hmm. crew was adding these quick response vehicles, these motorcycles, because they can get to places so much quicker than an ambulance. Mm -hmm. And they can, we, we communicate with them. They have the same radio frequencies that we do. They have the same communication and they have a lot of the same equipment that we do. They just can't transport. Or it looks funny if you're taking somebody on the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> and so... And people frown on that, right. but so it's, it's super, it's super cool to have them out there. Uh, we have a, a lot of deputies that want to trade jobs with them and uh, we tell them that's not going to happen, but these guys are top notch. Uh, I would, uh, I would put them up to anybody and uh, love having them. They're, they they have uh, AEDs and they have uh, stuff to help ventilate patients. They have mm -hmm. medicines and so they can start the care right away. The The advantage of having them out there is they can go to more calls than we do. Mm -hmm. And they can call us off 
call an ambulance off if we are not needed so that we're not, first of all, driving through all the bikes and chancing of hitting somebody and being available for the next call. So that is super important for us. And that was my next comment is I, I, like, I know the majority of your team, you know, they're there every year. They're freaking amazing. So a, a huge shout out to all of that, all of those guys and gals that are on your team. But when I get to ride Ragbri, I'm always like amazed at how, <laughs> like, the confidence that whoever's driving those ambulance and the motorcycles have when you're in a sea of bikes going the wrong way, and you just have to be like, "Hey, I'm on an important call, and you have to hope that the bikes get out of the way." Yeah, it, it's true. It, it's uh, it. it we had a couple new people join us this year. They've done it uh, two years, and now they they were kind of let go on their own and to run calls. And they were, I think, intimidated for the first couple days because mm-hmm. it, there is a, a true sea of bikes, and you just have to know how to how to do it. Cyclists are unique, and they are so good, and they know that if we need to if we need to get somewhere. They're very good about clearing the way and making making it available for us. But there's so many people that you don't go very fast. Mm-hmm. We uh, we don't we typically don't exceed 30 miles an hour, and most of the time we only travel 25. Mm. And so, if think of think of a cyclist, a so a slow cyclist like myself would probably ride 10 miles, sure. 12 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know. And so we're going about maybe twice as fast. Sometimes we have people telling us to slow down, but they don't also understand what we're doing or where we're going. Right. Sometimes we're we're going to another call, but we're just taking our time because the other crew is already responding there. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going for backup. Uh, it's amazing, though, that you guys, uh, the way that you're on the same route as the cyclists and we all can get along together. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we I think we've done it for so many years that people are used to us being there mm-hmm. and they like seeing us. I mean, we have so many people that wave all the time and we think, oh, I think they're waving us now. No, no, they're just waving. <laughs> and so it, it's really neat. It's neat to see that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we are. 2023 Ragbri, which was Ragbri 50, is now in the books. And I'm guessing that you guys were pretty busy this year. And we both talked to Matt Fippen, got his approval to do some stats and some shout outs as, as far as whatever you're legally okay to say, Bob. So let's, I know the listeners want to know, tell us, tell us how this ragbri was. Uh, you know, th- this is a unique ragbri. Like I said, I've done this for over 20 to 25 years. I, I've, I've seen lots of things on ragbri. I feel like I could write a book about Ragbri. You should. Oh my and, gosh, you should. Yeah, and it, it's just it's such a unique environment. You you can't when when we try to explain it to people and then they come out and work it, they're like, I had no idea this is what Ragbri is. <laughs> you can't take you can't take a street medic and put them out there on a typical basis because. Mm-hmm. It's so unique and it's so different than what we typically do. So yeah, this year was incredibly different. Um, 
we have uh, definitely a sea of bikes from, uh, so l let me back up a little bit. So yeah. in the morning we, we start, we're supposed to be out on the route at six and we're out in the route, which the route opens at six and closes at six. Mm -hmm. So we're the state, state patrol and the ambulances are out there from six to six. So we typically start a little bit before six and we're out there on the route at that time at six in the morning, it's like, have you ever been to Chicago where they have that traffic, you know, where you're like steady traffic? That's what it's like. It's just solid lines of traffic. Wow. And th this year it was, it was like that. So you, you drive like five miles an hour and you go real slow. Sometimes we're able to pull off, get to the top of a hill and we'll, we'll just stage there mm -hmm. until things clear out a little bit and hope that we don't get called and have to go backwards out on the route. So yeah, this year was crazy. Uh, we definitely were a lot busier. Uh, and I, I, I blame two things. I think we had what, what I'd like to refer to as a perfect storm. Oh. We had a lot of, a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. We knew it was, we knew it was going to be hot. We had wind that was always a headwind and we had a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so putting those, those three together, just makes for a perfect storm. So we did see a lot of people. Um, if you'd like, I could give you a little bit of stats. Um, yeah. Typic typically, for for the week long, we see any we we transport, and that means that we actually had to pick somebody up and take them to the hospital. That does not include the people that we see and release. Mm -hmm. So if if we transported, a typical year would be anywhere an average of, I think the lowest I did was maybe 17 and the highest might've been 50 for, for a year. Okay. Which so is still to the, me a lot, a lot it of is, people it that is you're a lot. putting into the ambulance and taking to the hospital. But I think yeah. my mind's going to be blown on 2023. Yeah. This year we transported 74 patients wow. uh, to, to the hospital. So it was a lot more people. Mm -hmm. And that does not include the people that we treated and released. So mm -hmm. we, I figured uh, I was doing some quick math and it was close to 500 people that we saw because mm -hmm. each ambulance saw about 25 people a day and uh, they, they would sign them off. So th that could be somebody who like, like you said, you saw a bike crash in front of you. And so the ambulance showed up, mm -hmm. we cleaned them up, put their training wheels back on and got them on <laughs> down on the road. Yep. Yeah. And so, and you know, uh, cyclists are the toughest birds out there. I mean, they came out to ride rag ride. Mm -hmm. They didn't come out to sag rag ride, or they didn't come out to ride an ambulance on rag ride. So they want anything you can do to treat them and release them. So, and so yeah, we, when you're so saying, the, yeah, I was going to say when you're saying, you know, each ambulance saw 20 to 25 patients a day or uh, people a day, that's like two an hour if you're actually getting off the route at 6 p.m. So this is this is crazy. Yeah, from 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 morning. Th this is different because a lot of times in the mornings we would go out and you have time to stop at the breakfast burrito place and get some coffee and kind of say hi to people as they go by. But this year it was really from the start of the day to the end of the day. Mm. It was call after call after call. Mm. 
especially there were some days where it was so hot and the hills were rough and i those days we were busier trying to get people hydrated and mm-hmm. trying to encourage people to continue to drink and hydrate. Mm-hmm. How about some, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, let, let me tell you what, about one more service that we provide. So we have the ambulances out there. We have the quick response vehicles out there. But in the meeting town, we always have a large first aid trailer. It's a big black trailer. It says mobile first aid. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a we have a married couple that that manages that. A nurse and a critical care paramedic. Fantastic family. And what they do is they treat and release people. And so if you need first aid, they can they can treat you. If you are have medical care, they can reach us on the radio and we they send an ambulance and. Uh, this year we sent out, I think, five people out of that trailer, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were people that they were able to treat and release. Now, the advantage of this is we can treat people out on the street. So if somebody falls and they just want to go in. So let me let me give you a for instance. So okay. uh, somebody fell and they have a small laceration. It, it, no, let me give you the, how, the, I had a nurse one time who, uh, woke up in her tent and she got bit by a brown recluse spider What? Ugh. while she was sleeping. And so she had this little spot on her body that, that was, you could tell was a, a spot that needed uh, looked at uh, this, this bite. And so we were able to treat her. We, we treated her with, uh, you know, medicines. And then we asked her to stop at the first aid trailer for continued care mm. and to see if that spot was getting worse. So it makes it so nice to be able to treat people and then send them on down the road to a place that they can look again, get a second set of eyes and be sure that nothing was changing on that. Right. And so it, 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 is, uh, it is super nice to have that uh, availability. Now on that, uh, we typically see about 300 patients during the week. So, uh, an average of about 50 people a day where they stop in and want, want you to check their blood pressure or check their blood sugars mm-hmm. or, or can you wrap my knee or I fell? Can you rewrap this again? And we're happy, happy, happy to help you mm-hmm. with all of that stuff. The, this year we saw over a thousand patients. Wow. And so if you want, I could give you some quick stats that, that we did that are just crazy. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, all right, so we hand out Motrin and Tylenol and Aleve and stuff like that. So this year we gave out at the first aid trailer alone. That that does not include what the ambulances give out because they also carry some of the same stuff. We handed out over 850 tablets of Motrin, <laughs> uh, 450 tablets of Tylenol, over 300 tablets of Aleve. Wow. We, we, we uh, used, went through over 10 tubes uh, of the large family size pack tubes of uh, triple antibiotic cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, sunscreen, it's crazy. People forget that you're going to ride out in the sun. And we, we uh, handed out two gallons worth of sunscreen this year. Oh my year. gosh. A large box of tampons. Uh, and uh, over 50 of the ACE wrap co-bands, mm. so the, the sport tape. And so that, that is uh, 
some of the stuff that, that we that we handed out that were just incredible. On the band-aids, uh, when asked how many band-aids they gave out, the response was too many to count. So <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> uh, I, I know that we had like 10 boxes of band-aids, you know, like 250, and we actually ended up going twice and buying more. So wow. we, So we handed out some stuff. Wow. And, you know, I think we didn't point this out at the beginning, but um, this is a service that's included in your registration for all RAGBRAI riders. So it's nice to know that if I, you know, I I would never, but if I would forget my sunscreen or I needed a Band-Aid, that you guys are available in so many different places for both emergencies, but also just like, you know, hey, my heart's racing. Can you help me? Yeah. So true. We, we get stopped all the time for, for minor things, you know, uh, my heart's racing, my, uh, I'm really sweaty or I quit sweating or my derailleur came off. Can you fix that? And so we, we do all sorts of things. It's funny because we actually do carry pumps, oh. bike pumps. And some of the, some of the trucks actually have, uh, some spare tubes that we we've thrown in over the years because we know how much, it helps to get somebody on and it makes it makes their day and they go on down the road. Right. Okay. So here's something that I think about when I see the ambulance go by, um, like what's it like for your paramedics and for you when you're on the side of the road dealing with a serious injury and you've got bikes everywhere, you've got traffic everywhere. You're not in the luxury of being in a hospital. I mean, you're like on the side of a road with probably gravel and, corn and all that so what's that like yeah on top of the gravel the corn we have uh have you ever heard of uh i think it's called mustard there, there's there's uh it's a yellow plant out there and when it touches your skin it oh. just it, it instantly yeah it's po- poison parsnip yeah yep. that's it yeah so that it's the prime time of the year and so we try to teach people to stay out of that uh, there's also sometimes ticks that, that are out there, but that's minor. So really the, the difference, I do 911 as well. Mm. When you when you have something really bad, we have a lot of help. The troopers get out there. The sheriff's deputies are out there to help stop traffic. On Ragbright, that doesn't happen. Right. It's a, con- it's a constant wave of people going through. So we have to think in advance. So if you ever watch an ambulance, on Ragbright, a lot of times we'll go over into the travel section where most of you are at so that we can guard a section of where we're going to be so oh, that people, okay. we're not going to get hit. And so, yeah, the, the big difference is, is that bikes continue. Now, I'd like to do a little shout out here to the Air Force cycling team. Yeah. Uh, because they, over the years, they have been so, so, so helpful. They have... Uh, They'll have like five or six people. If we have a, a a bike crash, they'll actually stage out like a fan and block everybody and make everybody move around us. And then when it's time to move a truck around, they'll stop everybody and we'll be able to move around. And they're just so helpful. Not that we can't do it, mm-hmm. but it just makes our life so much easier. That's incredible. Those guys are amazing to have uh, on the route each day. Any advice that you would give riders based on what you see each year? Like, 
well, A, I would say your first piece of advice is bring sunscreen. What else? Oh, man, I have a whole list of things that I would love to give advice. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. And, and, and you know what? The, these are, first of all, I'd like to say Ragbri is amazing. It's so unique. And I, I wouldn't miss it for the world because of it. It's, uh, you know, we, we were able to brag that we rode Ragbri, the world's largest organized bike ride in the world. Yeah. But really, I'd like, to I'd like to describe it more as the world's largest, world's largest uh, family reunion in yeah. the world. Yes. And these are the people, these are the people you want to see. These are, I mean, as I'm out there working on somebody, I'll have somebody holler, hey, Bob. And I have no idea who you are because people are all dressed up like bicyclists and stuff like that, you know? And so I, I'm just, I love going out there. I've met some of the best people. Some of my best friends are rag briars mm -hmm. and they're cyclists and it's because of rag bri. So I, I take a little passion in what rag bri is. And some of the things that we see, especially on rag bri, is I feel like over the years, the ride right has gone away. Mm. We've forgotten. And part of it is, is because there's so many cyclists. But at towards the end of the day, we still run into people who just want to ride in that left-hand lane. And they, they don't hear you or don't see you. And it's hard to get around them. And, you know, maybe they're riding slow and listening to their music and they're just enjoying their life. That's great. But Maybe we have somewhere to get to as well. Right. So, so I, I that's one advice is I, I'd like to encourage people to remember to ride right because it's safer. If something happens, we're able to say you were in the right hand side of the traveled portion of the road. Mm -hmm. The other thing, the other thing that I noticed this year that which is really different, and we're going to be working on some uh, training for our, our crews for next year. Uh, next year, we'll have uh, physicians in, in the trucks as well as a nurse and a paramedic. Mm. And so th that's, a, that's a huge thing. But uh, is bike etiquette. Uh, bike etiquette has kind of got out. We had so many new people that said, man, I want to ride Ragbrite 50. It's so cool. I can tell people I rode Ragbrite. And that is, you know, I'm getting on, I'm getting off, I'm on your left, I'm on your right. It's just talking so that other people know what's going on. And I feel like that that is super important. And that's some advice I have. And that's a way to prevent accidents like that. If people would just do that a little bit more, announce what you're doing, whether you're slowing or passing, that in itself would eliminate a lot of crashes, I think. Yes. Training more than 20 miles before RAGBRAI, pulling your bike off the rack and saying, I'm going to ride RAGBRAI with my friend doesn't count uh you need to, you need to actually uh sit on a two by four watch some tv uh you really need to just get out there and train a little more right we saw we saw quite a few people who wanted to sag barely out of town like five miles out of town and really it's so important for you to uh get out and uh you know train so that you can ride expect that you're going to ride the entire ride mm-hmm I have a few more if I can if I can share a few more. Yes, please. Uh, earbuds, I love earbuds. Uh, I can I can uh, 
go into my own world. If I have earbuds in everything around me, I, I forget about when you're cycling, you don't have that option. You really need to pay attention to what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we have friends who have been hit on bikes, uh, broken, uh, hips and legs and arms. Uh, we had an employee that was struck and killed. And so you can't, you can't wear earbuds and not pay attention. So, uh, I encourage you to get these the, uh, device, and I'm not I'm not a, a seller of it, but Shockwaves, they're they're an earbud that just basically sits on the outside of your ear, mm-hmm. and you're able to hear a little more of the surrounding areas. Uh, we had uh, a cyclist in front of us uh, this year that people all around him were yelling at him. They were actually one guy rode up next to him and struck him to tell him he needed to get over, and he didn't realize because he had his earbuds in. He was in the left-hand side of the road. And, and so it's just important that, that if you're wearing earbuds, maybe make them low enough that you can hear what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. It just You just need to be aware of your surroundings a lot better. Um, hydration is super important. We have uh, one of our trucks actually has a like a, a five-gallon jug, and they mix tang, and they mix some... Uh, some fluid in it to help hydrate people. Mm-hmm. All of our trucks carry Gatorade and water to help if, if somebody needs it. Uh, but hydration is one of the things that we preach the most. Everybody thinks that they're drinking enough. And those of you who cycle, which I assume 99% of the people listening today all cycle and we're full. We don't f- feel like we need to drink, but we, you just need to continue to drink so that you can stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And because if we get behind, it's way worse. Ragbrite isn't and never has been about the bike that you ride or the speed you ride. It's not a race, but it's about the people, the town, and Iowa nice. Oh, and so I would encourage I would in- I would encourage people to watch out for each other. Stop looking for moments to ridicule each other. Just have fun and enjoy this family reunion. Yes. When we see you all in your work element, hopefully we can just say hello instead of have to uh, take a ride with you. Yeah, We encourage people as people stop by and say, hey, stop by and say hi to us. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. We absolutely, the crews absolutely love it. You know, in our field, we don't get a lot of thank yous. It's not what we do it for because we like helping people. But this week you get more thank yous that you can write a book on. And so we love seeing people stop by and just say, hey, thanks for being here. We love seeing you out there riding, and we love to help you in any way we can. I love it. And I'll, I'll say thank you on behalf of all the riders listening because, Bob, like your job is incredible. You do so much for just people in general to keep them healthy and alive. But specifically on RAGBRAI, I mean, it's, a, it's quite an event to be part of. We enjoy doing that. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to share that I maybe didn't touch on? If you want, I could tell you a couple quick stories of a couple uh, people that we've seen over the years. Yeah. Some of the different types of people, because we see an array of different writers. Uh, we have people that I do. Most of you have seen a presentation that I've done that talks about all the different types of bikes. You know, you have uh recumbent bikes and you have road bikes and you have unicycles and you have mm-hmm. rollerbladers and so each one of those things in our business we look at mechanism of injury so what 
causes what what's going to be your problem mm. when, when you pick them up so we see so many things the obvious things that you see is abrasions people who who scrape the ground and, and they have just tore up skin and we clean them up put the training wheels back on straighten their seat and then get on down the road yep. but we also but we also see uh clavicle fractures that's kind of a typical injury uh wrist fractures uh, ankle fractures we see some lacerations uh i've seen a, a brake lever uh that went into a guy's leg due to a crash and Ooh. kind of poked into a leg but we have people who have who exacerbate and exacerbate means make things worse mm. so if, if if you have problems breathing sometimes our pollen is really high that this time of year and so it, they have problems breathing so we have people with emphysema and chf who who have more trouble breathing and so we're able to kind of help these people and we see these people but if you heart have heart failure we see people who have heart attacks and that's the typical question has anybody died this year and so we do see that on occasion mm -hmm. uh typically we see one or two a year and it's expected when you have that many people out there riding and exerting themselves mm -hmm. but i i do have a story of a, a gentleman who stopped in uh one ambulance and said he was having trouble breathing but he just refused to go and so we said all right uh, you can keep riding but if you have problems stop at the next ambulance or just wave us wave mm -hmm. us down so he did Pretty soon he got stopped the second ambulance and he was having trouble breathing and they checked him out and he, he was doing okay, but he just did not want to go in to the hospital. Hmm. And so they signed him off and he went on down the road and the third ambulance got stopped and they were able to talk him into going. And turns out he ended up having a collapsed lung. Oh my so gosh. That, that's why, why you would, uh, you know, want to go in. So we had a, a guy this year who fell and he got back up and said he was all right. And the ambulance crew spent a lot of time with him saying, you know, I just don't feel right about this. I feel like you should go in. And he wrote us a long note when we got back and said, thank you to that crew who did that because I did not want to go, but they asked me in a nice fashion to go. And I ended up having a, a pelvis fracture. Mm -hmm. So it was good that, that he got to go. So we see so many, so many good out of this, as well as sad cases. We see head injuries. Uh, I do this on 911 in a college town. College kids aren't, aren't the brightest. They're still learning. They get hit by, by cars all the time, but they don't crack a helmet. Ragbri, almost consistently, we see cracked helmets. Mm. And so we see a lot of head injuries. And uh, just you know, a word of advice, cracked helmets should never be worn again. It's time for a new helmet if your helmet is cracked. That is correct. And there's sometimes, uh, this year we were unable to, but we typically try to carry uh, like five extra size helmets mm -hmm. in the ambulances and then keep those back so that people can ride with good helmets. Yeah. Well, Bob, I am, this has been a great episode, just, you know, hearing your views on uh, what you see on RAGBRAI versus like what us riders see. So thank you for coming on the podcast and telling the stories and taking the time. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you on the road again next year. 
Yeah, Murph, I'm I'm humbled that, that you would ask me to to share a little bit about the year, and uh, we love having you out there and promoting cycling. All right, thank you, Bob. Thank you. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just go bike!